0: Hello, it's Flynn, and I'm bringing you another very special episode of my Pack 1, Pick 1 podcast, Magic the Gathering theme podcast, and uh, I promised in my last episode that I was going to do one all about Masters 25, and this episode is dedicated just to this set, and uh, I'm going to be doing a couple things in this episode, actually. I'm going to be doing another round of that break-even game to start things off, and then I'm going to delve a little deeper into this set. Uh, it's kind of fitting that the first time I'm doing really any real set review is actually with the set that's supposed to culminate all of this game's history, or as much of it as Wizards wants to, into one set. So, uh, when when I get around to that part in this episode, not going to be going through every single card and possible interaction in this set. I'll try and do a lot more in-depth set reviews for uh, future sets, but this one also doesn't really need it, and we'll get to that later. But okay, so I'm going to start off with a game of Break Even. I uh, played that on an earlier episode of this podcast, and for just a little refresher how this works... I have uh, three packs of this set here this time and I got them for 27 bucks. so a little bit below MSRP. And I'm gonna break them open and uh, I'll talk about any noteworthy cards that I see in here. Maybe also have them for later when I dig uh, delve deeper into the set. but um, for most part it's going to see if out of three random packs can I actually get that value back. And, uh, yeah, I'll have stuff to say about the value of this set. Alright, and, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, uh, get into the value of the set, too, and some little, uh, comments I have about that as I'm doing this. You know, kill two birds with one stone. Okay, here we go. First card is Balduvian Horde. Alright, well, that from alliances. Yeah, the watermarks, by the way, are awesome. I do love that about this set. Probably the thing that I love the most about it. <laughs> okay, well, that it used to be a really great card, it used to be really valuable, but now it's a common. Oramancer. Supernatural Stamina, Soul Bright Flamekin, Retraction Helix. Uh, I'll set that one aside. I have some stuff that we can talk about that one. Uh, Cavu Climber, Coral Helm Guide. Barring ten thousand arrows, oh, nice a portal three kingdoms card. I'm glad they gave us a few of those too. It's a nice set. All right, geist of the moors, and uh, it's really difficult to tell what is a common and uncommon with the set symbol. Uh, so like reading to see when the C and the U's start uh changing up. Okay, fathom seer. All right, here are the uncommons. Heavy Arbalest. All right, I'll uh, I'm gonna set that one aside too. Ah, oh, Freed from the real, another uncommon. So let's see. We got Freed from the real, Retraction Helix, and Heavy Arbalest in the same freaking pack. Okay. Um, yeah, there's basically no archetypes in this limited format, by the way. And they did that on purpose. Um, but basically, the main combo, or one of them, is using a creature called Horseshoe Crab. At common and uh, you can untap it with a blue and basically what you do is you play a bunch of un- a bunch of cards that would tap a creature and get an effect and then use the card to uh, get value out of it and so far I, this one pack has three cards just for that one strategy which is one of like the only real strategies in this format again which is traction helix heavy arbalest and freed from the real Freed from the wheel, basically turns any creature into a crab. Uh, so, wow. I'd feel bad almost drafting this, because I would take the crab cards and then be sending the wrong signals to somebody else, thinking that that deck was open, when it definitely would not be. Because it'd be passing them two great cards for it, no matter what one you take. Okay. And lore scale cradle is the last uncommon. It's a nice card, yeah. Value. Not like money value, but it's good limited. And the rare, because again, this isn't gonna be a mythic. I'm not that lucky, is FLASH! Oh, okay, that's a cool card. It's not like worth anything, but it's awesome. Um it's an instant for one and a blue. You put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you do, sacrifice it unless you pay its mana cost, reduced by up to colorless, or generic mana. And, uh, it's made, uh, famous by being part of a combo with Protean Hulk where you just win the game on the spot. So it's a great card, but value? Nope. And the foil. Oh, a foil lore scale quaddle. Well, hey, that's awesome. It looks cool. It's worthless, but it looks awesome. All right. Next pack. Uh, let's open the moment Jace. Mind Sculpture on it, because you know that means it has to go. Right? Maybe? Hopefully. If I'm lucky. Okay, Act of Treason. That card, uh, it's also part of the, like, two-card combo thing of the set, where, like, you would gain control of a creature and then blink it with Cloud Shift, and then it just becomes yours. So, okay, it's another one of those little combos. Alright. uh again, Ruthless Ripper. Uh, it's got Morph, and uh, it's really weird. Wizards only printed two real keywords in this set, which were Morph and uh, Kicker. I believe it was Kicker, because they didn't really want any complexity, because, you know, God forbid that a set celebrating 25 years in every set in the game has any real complexity to it. That would just be, you know, horrible. Uh, Chartooth Cougar. Oh, Recycling, Morph, and then there was, like, one Kicker card. Okay. Uh, Plummet. Retraction Helix. Hey! Well, Crab Deck is a good choice, because it's, again, really the only deck. Uh, Cultivate. Haunted Fengrass. Man-o-war. Path of Peace. And now the uncommons Curse Catcher. Hey, that's worth something. It's a cool card. Baeloth, no. Hmm, I don't think I'm actually... Oh, that's from uh, Oath of the Gatewatch. Okay. And the next Uncommon is... Sigh of the Shinobi. Okay. Huh. Well, that's a neat one. I've never seen that before. All right, here we go. And the rare is... Drum roll, please. Ooh, Sundering Titan! Oh, well, that's a cool card. It's banned in EDH, because it's broken there. But it's it's really ironic, because uh, two of the three packs that I'm opening have Sundering Titan on the cover art, and in the Jace pack, I open up the Sundering Titan. Well, all right. I mean, it's cool, so it's not worth anything, which is what this little... Game is about. So, all right, let's put that aside. And loyal sentry is the foil. That card used to be a rare. Wow. Times are tough. See, and uh, the last pack, I start out, start off by opening up a regular loyal sentry. All right, let's see what we got next. Vampire lacerator, giant growth. You know. That's great to see. And that's a Horseshoe Crab in the last pack, but hey, it's a Horseshoe Crab. And I'd probably take that, because I would have been trying to draft that deck. Arbor Elf. Chandra's Outrage. Nihil Spellbomb. That actually saw some play in Legacy Sideboards. I don't know if it still does, but I did play it in mine um, for a little while, at least. Bloodhunter Bat. Counterspell. That's a cool card. There we go. Something neat. Griffin Protector. And the Uncommon, Simeon Spirit Guide. You know, it is a sad day so far when the Uncommon's uh, Spirit Guide and Curse Catcher have been so much better than the Rares. Uh, wow. Okay. Will-O-The-Wisp. And Invigorate, also another good common. Oh, and the Rare. Uh, it's Elvish Piper. Eh, I mean, it's better than the other two. It's not bad. All right. And the foil is primal clay. Well, okay. I don't think I really need to get into. Uh, now let's look at the value really quickly and just see what this is. Okay, uh, Flash. Let's start with that one. One dollar. Okay. And then we'll go with uh, Sundering Titan next. That one is not going to go for much. Seventy-two cents. Woo. solid rare beast. Still my heart. Okay. Uh, Elvish Piper. What are you at? Probably not much. Two forty-five. I mean, that's better than the others. Uh, Curse catcher. 148. Wow, that's actually worth more than uh, two of the three rares. That is scary. Okay, Simeon Spirit Guide. What are you at? 231. That is, uh, wow, almost the most valuable card so far. That is scary. Okay, invigorate. And by the way, that's just, these prices are just what uh, you see on TCG player. Um, so the actual value you could really get out of them is less than whatever it's listed at. And uh, okay, so for any like noteworthy card here, the total value from those three packs was $8.16. Damn. Well, that should tell you something about the value in this set. But, hey, I wanted to open up at least a couple packs of this set just to, you know, say I did celebrate 25th anniversary. Um, and, I, and I was doing them for this episode, so that's okay. You know, If I was uh, super, super concerned about the value, then it would probably be a lot worse. But I'm not, like, too concerned. Otherwise, I would not have taken the gamble on these packs. Alright, now time to get into the rest of the episode, where I'm going to be reviewing the set. Alright, yeah, let's get down to the set review itself. I'm going to be kind of starting off nice about this set, talking about things that I do like about it before I just rip it to shreds. So here we go. I'm going to be doing like a top five listing in this set, starting off with the top five reprints, and then the worst five reprints, and then the best combos uh, strategies in draft and sealed. And then I'm going to talk about the limited format of this set, which was a big concern for Wizards, and something they cared a lot about. And then I'm going to talk about how it compares to other Masters sets before I finish this up by uh saying whether or not it's actually worth buying any of or even drafting or doing sealed. So, let's get into it. Top 5 reprints. Number 5 are every single card that did not have a foil version for this set. So, uh, things like the Red and Blue Elemental Blast, for example. It's really good that people have more options to customize their decks now, and getting foils cards that didn't have them before. So, I really like that. Um, And I'm always happy to see that, even if I'm never going to play them. It's good to know that someone can. Alright, number four is Doomsday. It's not worth much. It doesn't see too much play, but... The art on that card is amazing. Seriously, look it up. It's beautiful, and it deserves a spot on this list just for that. Alright, number three is Phyrexian Obliterator. And this one is a casual all-star. Doesn't see too much play because it is uh, four black mana, so it's a very restrictive mana cost. But it's still powerful, and it, uh, it costs a, a lot of money. And it's still not too cheap. So, it's really good that people that want this card, but did not want to shell out a ridiculous amount of money, can get them a little bit cheaper. And with a cool watermark, so that's nice. And number two is actually probably my favorite card in the set, and it's Rishadden Port, or Rishadden Port, because my favorite set uh, in the set that I started this game with is actually Mercadian Masks. This card has been begged for to be reprinted just almost every time a master set has come up, or basically any set that it could go in has come up. And Wizards finally printed it, and they printed it at Rare. So that's good, it's not Mythic. Um, It's actually the most valuable Rare in this set by far. But yeah, it's great that it finally got a reprint, and I'm happy to see it. And last but not least, it's Imperial Recruiter, coming in at number one, a card that also does not see much play, like Obliterator, or even Port, or Doomsday, but it had a very high price tag, due to it not being a very easy-to-find card. Um, there weren't many of them out there, so this will make it a lot more accessible, even if it's still pretty expensive. Okay. Here we go. Time for uh, me to start tearing this set to shreds already. Sorry, the kindness is... Uh, it's going away for now. And we're at the worst five reprints. And coming in at number five, it's Chroma Angel of Wrath. Uh, there are actually two Chromas in this set, but the red one is not uh, one of the worst reprints, just because it's actually more playable, at least, in this limited... Like you can do combos to get it out early, morph and blinking, whereas this, a chroma, you just have to hard cast it. And it's really not that great. It costs a ton of mana, and by then your opponents are going to kill it or counter it, or just, you're going to be dead. So, it's also a very cheap card, and while it's iconic, they did not need both the chromas, and they may as well just kept the red one because it's at least more playable. So, yeah, this one just had no business being in the set, and they could have printed, like, any other good white mythic. So, what a waste. Okay, number four, it's Reef Worm. This card's terrible. Um, It's not very good. It takes a long time to set up, and it's vulnerable to Exile, Bounce, etc., which runs rampant in this set. Flickering, so... It's also a four mana do-nothing, but at least... With this set, it has a foil printing now, so, like, the three people on Earth that actually like this card and play it can get a foil. So, good for them. Number three. It's Triskai Decaphobia, and the card is not good. It's a fun card, I guess. Um, Some people like to try and combo off with it and do weird things to try and make it a win con, So, it's not the worst reprint, but uh, they could have picked a better card from uh, Eldritch Moon than this. Or is it Shadows over Innistrad? I believe it was Shadows over Innistrad. Yeah, um, they just could have picked a better card, honestly. It's still at least evocative of the plane of Innistrad, but it's a very mad choice. And it's made only worse in this whole set when I get to the worst reprint. But, coming in at number two, the card that nobody wanted. Plaguewind. This was the last rare Spoiled. Everyone was hyped up about what it could possibly be. Demonic Tutor? You know, something great like that. And then we got Plaguewind Spoiled. This is from a set, I believe, that had Rhystic Study in it? So that would have been a much better reprint. But no, we got Plaguewind, which is basically uncastable in draft, unless you have a ton of Dark Rituals, and Ingarok's Wake, a card that came later, is so much better, they should have just printed that if they were going to print an unplayable, worthless, bad black board wipe that's over mana-wise. So it's a horrible reprint, and it's made worse by the fact that it let down so many people when it was revealed. Great job, Wizards. And last but not least, you knew what this card was gonna be if you followed, uh, the discussion online about this set. And it is Tree of Redemption, the worst of the fucking worst. And it perfectly encapsulates all the issues in this set into one card. That's how bad it is. And let me just really tear into this shit right now. Um... I mentioned Triscodecophobia is one of the other worst reprints. Well, there are two trees from Innistrad that are noteworthy, Tree of Redemption and Tree of Perdition. Uh, Tree of Redemption will bring your life total to 13 or replace your life total with its toughness, usually 13. Tree of Perdition will do the opposite to your opponent. Triscodecophobia works on your upkeep by a Uh, you or your opponent has 13 life, that person loses the game. So, instead of putting the combo in this set with Tree of Perdition to kill your opponent, you know, a two-card combo, which Wizards was trying to go with with this set, they printed the tree that lets you kill yourself. Think about that for a moment. That's some real sick tech right there. Alright? Um... And not only is it just god-awful there, it's not even good if you could somehow combo with it. You switch your life to 13, maybe if you're at, like, 2, and that just buys you some time. Aside from that, the tree has no power, it's Defender. It could be an uncommon and still just be bad outside of maybe Iconic Masters where walls were a thing. So, it's terrible that way. It's also Worthless. Um, It's like less than a dollar for a mythic. And this was after a string of just terrible, worthless mythics were added into this set. So people were already upset about that. And then we got this card, which was terrible for that too. And last but not least, it's got almost no real iconicness to the plane of Innistrad where it came from. Out of every card they chose from Innistrad, the original one, one of the most iconic, beloved, famous sets, the mythic representation from that set was Tree Redemption. It's like they weren't even playing this game and have no idea what the famous cards actually fucking are. So, th- it's just mind-boggling how horrible that was. Terrible decision, and they are fools for doing it. Okay. Okay, and the next topic that I'm going to bring up about this draft format in Sealed is what the top five bomb cards are, the ones that would win you the game and that you would hope would carry to victory. Um, This is going to be the last, uh, the uh, little list I'm doing for this podcast. And in no particular order this time, uh, I would say your top five, that should probably help you win are Jace the Mind Sculptor, Phyrexian Obliterator, but you do have to go in very deep black for that, uh, the Red because it's easier to get it out in this format with Cloud Shift and cards like that, uh, Luminarch Ascension, and then Pernicious Deed. They're all great cards, um, and then also there's a shout out. To any card that combos uh that does a two card combo, like horseshoe crab with like half the cards in this set, or Nib and Curiosity, which are also um on topic of draft strategies, basically the only like archetypes that this set has. Because uh wizards on purpose decided not to do what they usually do. With limited formats these days, and kind of have uh defined archetypes, they just kind of put random cards in there, and aside from a couple of combos, uh, you're just building a good stuff deck. Um, and then on the topic of limited formats, um, you know, the way that I feel about it kind of rings true for every master set. Um, I think that it's complete bullshit that Wizards uses Draft and Sealed Is their excuse for not putting more value and playable cards into these sets so that they can put in bad and worthless cards at, under the guise of having a good, balanced, or limited format. And uh, I don't know who they think that they're kidding when they say stuff like that, but they should at least be lying to us a little better than that because we all know that's not true. Uh, They know how much the cards are worth, and they're terrified of making a set too good and having too much value or playable cards in there. And so they claim that putting garbage cards in there is there uh, for a good limited format. But, uh, and it's not just this master set, but most people will almost never draft a master set in person, and the ones that do will only ever draft it like once on average like it's very rare for most people to do multiple masters drafts on paper so because it's so expensive and what tends to happen is that because they cost so much money um, it doesn't really matter how good the limited format is because if it's almost not going to be played, or played very little, then it isn't really a concern for how good they're going to be. And, you know, I'd go on the record right now saying that I would rather play a limited format that was, you know, completely batshit insane. Cards like Demonic Tutor and the Swords of X and Y at Rare, Soul Ring, um, Channel at Rare, yeah. Um, great cards like Birds of Paradise. Um, they don't even have to do Noble Hierarch if they don't want to, but like Doomblade, Go for the Throat, Bolt, Counterspell, the best Planeswalkers like Liliana the Veil, vale, Karn, Ugin, all that stuff. It And the majority of it being at rare. Um, because if you're paying 30 plus dollars for a draft, then you should be playing with the best of the best. You know what I don't want is to pay over 30 bucks for a draft with the best thing I can do is to fuck around with the horseshoe crab. That's bullshit. Um, It's not exciting, and it's not what a master set should be in my opinion. A master set should have the most powerful and exciting cards because you're paying for the experience of getting to use them, you know, I want someone to be able to actually do a channel fireball, exciting shit like that, and not have it be locked behind Mythic or whatever for the uh, for the sake of balance, because that should be the least of Wizards' concerns, and they claim to make it one of their biggest concerns in constructing, constructing these sets, which is wrong. Um, yeah... And even if everyone has a bunch of great cards, it still won't be that unbalanced because they can help negate each other. Um, As long as you put enough power and value into every color or archetype that you make, then it shouldn't be a problem if it's that much stronger than usual. And um, it's just more satisfying to be able to play with those type of cards, especially if you're spending that money, than to... Be doing dumb shit like a Niv Mizzet Curiosity, and that's like the most exciting combo in this set. And it's still not something I would pay that much money for the privilege of doing. Um, it's ridiculous, and I do think that other master sets have done this much better than this one. Uh, not only do they have actual archetypes, I think every other master set did. Uh, the very first one, not as much, but going from MM fifteen on up until uh Masters twenty five, they all had a set of archetypes and they were varied each time. Uh you could do different things uh black white was spirits in a new draft format. Uh uh sorry in modern Masters twenty fifteen and in Iconic Masters it was a life game deck. Um you know you have blue green walls in Iconic Masters so they can have variety, even if they do um, two color pairs or more and have defined archetypes. So I think there was a huge miss with this set, and it makes drafting it just a lot less appealing, because you're not really constructing anything besides a random good stuff deck almost all the time. Um, and yeah, value-wise, this set is also god-awful compared to every other Master's set. Even Iconic Masters, um, which had most of its value at rare. And every card that was in the set that's valuable actually sees play either in Modern or EDH or Legacy. So even if you don't open up something very valuable, it's still something people want and is playable. Unlike Masters 25, where one of the most valuable cards is Imperial Recruiter, which sees play basically nowhere these days. And so it's only valuable because it's still a little hard to find. So you can't really even use a lot of these expensive cards that you get uh, from this set. And the value is pretty terrible. The most expensive card is Jace the Mind Sculptor at about $100. And then it's a sharp drop-off. Imperial Recruiter is about half the price. And then... Um, the next valuable cards are only about thirty to forty dollars, with the most expensive rare in the set being about thirty something dollars, which is Rashad and Port. And right after that, the next, the only rares in this set that are not Rashad and Port or a Filter Land that are above ten dollars are Azusa, Blood Moon, and oh man, it's actually hard to hard to remember what that last one was, but I think it's Pact Negation, but they're not good. Um, You don't want that. You want your valuable cards to be rare because you're only going to get about two to three, maybe four, if you're very lucky, Mythics per box from one of these sets, and if all the value isn't Mythic and only in a couple of cards at that rarity, then it becomes much harder to get your money's worth and to justify spending that much money on a huge overpriced lottery ticket. So, that's a huge strike against this set and why uh, I would not recommend buying any packs or boxes of it. Maybe drafting it once if you're curious or want to hit that nostalgia feel of playing with a bunch of cards from Magic's history. But if you or going into it hoping to get any real semblance of your money's worth, then I would very much steer away from this set, because you will get burned most of the time. Over half of the mythics are about a dollar or so, and almost everywhere, aside from about maybe ten at most, is worth less than ten bucks. So your odds of getting any money back on a box that's more than maybe, I don't know, 140 is very low. And so if you're fine with buying this product knowing that you're very likely to get burned badly on it, then I'd say go ahead, because there are cool things about this set, but you're basically throwing uh, your money down the drain. So keep that in mind, Um, it's got the worst value of any master set, and its draft format is not very deep or good, so I don't really know who they're appealing to. The reprints, for the most part, aren't cards that people were expecting uh, outside of a few mythics and one or two rares. So it's not very good for reprints, and it's also not great for limited, which is kind of what Wizards was hoping to balance with this set. So maybe if it wasn't a $10 MSRP pack, it would have been more exciting and a better hit. But as it stands now, um, it's probably the worst Master set ever made, which is a shame because they were really hyping it up, and I think every player was really excited to see what they would do. So... Uh, yeah, the conclusion is, is this set good? And I would say no, it's probably the worst set they have released uh, recently. Even being a master set, uh, comparing it to standard sets, even, it's just a bad set. And I hope that you can all come to your own conclusions too on that, and don't just take my word for it. But I am not a fan of it, and I'm hoping that the next master set that they do will be more exciting, um, either for people looking for reprints, or people looking for a good draft, because if they want to try and sell these uh, as a draft format, then they can't make them so expensive, and they have to make it more available, because it doesn't matter if you have the best limited format in the world if almost no one can afford to play it or can find the product and get people to do this over a standard set so that's something that wizards is going to have to kind of work out on their own about what they really want going forward with these sets anyway thanks for listening and i'm gonna be releasing a new episode hopefully within a day or two just a shorter one uh but yeah thanks for listening and i'll be back soon with another episode